Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. We are presented by The Grid. I am Bryson Carver. As always, it is great to have you in on this Monday evening. I'm actually recording Monday morning, but the show uh, is live right now on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. Lots to talk about. All right, October is upon us. Big happy, happy birthday to my dad. Shout out to him. He celebrated his birthday yesterday. We celebrated with him over the weekend as a whole, so shout out to him. And we had a great weekend of football. In college, you had you know some upsets, but more particularly in the NFL, where you had some so, so, some games that that made me look bad. All right, my upset of the week was really off. I had Houston over the Chargers. That was you know wasn't even close. Like I had Baltimore over the Bills, which I'll talk about later in the show. But uh, the rare embarrassing win by the Green Bay Packers. I'll touch on that as well as the Cowboys outlasting the Commanders in those interesting uniforms for the Commanders. I can't decide whether I love them or hate them. Uh, but Cooper Rush is now 4-0 as a starter in the NFL. The Cowboys are 3-1. I'll talk about that. And also predict Rams-Niners at the end of the show. Big division matchup. Uh, Rams defending champions are 2-1. Niners are 1-2. 0-1 with Jimmy Garoppolo this season. But I will say this. They've won their last six matchups against the Los Angeles Rams in the regular season. I'll predict that at the end of the show. But first, we got to start with last night. All right, the final act of Sunday's action in week four, Kansas City taking on Tampa Bay. The Chiefs outlasted the Buccaneers 41-31. to And it's quite remarkable because when you consider this Buccaneers defense, okay, through the first three games of the year, they give up a field goal to Dallas, 10 points to the Saints, and 14 points to the Packers, including shutting them out for the last two and a half quarters. The Kansas City Chiefs just hung 41 on them. And this is what I said coming into this game. I thought it'd be closer. I picked the Chiefs to win 27-24. I had them winning by three. But this is what I said about Kansas City coming in. Was a couple of things. Number one, Super Bowl rematch. There, I mean, Collinsworth on the NBC broadcast mentioned it about a thousand times. The Chiefs players, when they had to actually sit there and watch film from that Super Bowl 40, I'm sorry, Super Bowl 55 loss to Tampa Bay from 20 months ago, it stung against that team on that field at Raymond James Stadium, where they lost the Super Bowl, of course, 31 to 9. 
The defense was unbelievable. Mahomes had absolutely, positively no time to throw. He was pressured over 30 times in that game. Brady, completely opposite, comfortable as ever, getting the ball to all of his receivers, making plays, and it was a long night for the Chiefs. So you have the Super Bowl rematch factor coming in. Okay, you have Kansas City who has to sit there and watch film from that game and have to relive that all over again. And secondly, last week, Kansas City beat themselves. A lot of people saying, well, both teams are coming off their first loss of the season. You know, they didn't play great. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Tampa Bay, a lot of it was injuries, but some of it was just bad execution offensively. For the Chiefs, they beat themselves. Penalties, missed field goals, faked field goals, Mahomes threw that interception at the end. It was just discombobulated. It didn't look right. Okay, and, and, and great teams have these type of games all the time. We saw the Colts yesterday. How's Indianapolis look? Okay, it happens. There's just some Sundays where a below-average team beats a great team. It happens, especially early in the season, October, when teams are trying to figure stuff out. But if you're Kansas City walking in this game, yes, it's a great Tampa Bay defense. But your offensive line is significantly better than it was on that February 7th night in 2021. And while your receivers may not blow people away, you know, it's not Tyreek Hill's not there. Okay, you add Juju Smith-Schuster and Valdez Scantling, you draft Sky Moore and all these guys. Edwards Alaire is now in his third year as opposed to his rookie year. Obviously, we all know the man, the myth, the legend, Travis Kelsey, is still there. But folks, this is, this is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. This is today one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's either him or Josh Allen. I would probably lean Mahomes because I've seen him win a Super Bowl. I've seen him get to another. I've only seen Josh Allen get to one AFC Championship game with all due respect. And I love Josh Allen. I'm going to talk about him a couple segments from now. But we got to stop acting so shocked when the Chiefs, any given Sunday, look like the best offense in the NFL. We got to stop at this. Okay, Andy Reid, once again, Showed you last night why he is the best offensive coach in the league. He is the best play caller offensively that we've had in probably 20, 30 years. We know he comes from the Mike Holmgren tree, yada, yada, yada. But some of those trick plays down the red zone, you had the, you know, the underhanded toss by Mahomes. You had the, uh, the quarterback sneak, except it was a tight end sneak from the one-inch line to score a touchdown for Kansas City. And then, of course, you have Mahomes' magic. You have him converting... Numerous third downs. I mean, the Chiefs were phenomenal on, on third down last night. I'm trying to find the third down stats. Uh, yeah, 12 for 17. 12 for 17 on third down. I mean, that's that's demoralizing. And the Chiefs converted their first four, I think five out of the first six. So once they start to get on a roll like that, that becomes demoralizing for Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, even as a fan, you, you watching, when when, when your, your team's defense can't get off the field on third or fourth down, it's like, you just kind of sink in your chair a little bit, right? That's kind of how the Tampa Bay defense looked at times. They make some plays here and there, and then they couldn't stop them. Also, a Tampa running defense that is really good against the Kansas City offense, and Andy Reid, who is not known for running the football. Okay, he's had one good running back, or one great running back in his career, and that's LaShawn McCoy. They ran for over 200 yards. So not only did Mahomes get whatever he wanted in the passing game with all of his wideouts, but Kansas City did whatever they wanted in the run game. I mean, what, what are the average per carry? 
Because uh, Edwards Alaire, I believe, had over 100. I'm sorry, no, he had 92. Okay, they averaged five yards a carry. There's nothing you can do about that. When you have Mahomes, 0 to 100, having a QBR of 90, that's, that is really hard to overcome. Now, I will say this about Tampa Bay, though, offensively, and then I'll get to Tampa Bay as a whole in terms of the picture of their team four weeks in. It's the best game Tom Brady's played all year. It's not even close. Now, some of that is Tampa's not got a great – I'm sorry, Kansas City's secondary is really, to me, the weakness of their entire team. I said that coming into the year. I, I felt like that was, that was going to be what would be their downfall this season. Mahomes is great. Andy Reid's outstanding. They got, I know they lost Tyree Kill. They still have a ton of great offensive pieces. And now they can run the football. Okay? They're, we know their front seven is really good. Okay, they got to Tom Brady a lot. Their secondary isn't great. And some of it is Tom Brady's best receivers last week were Russell Gage, Cole Beasley, and Brashad Perriman. His best three receivers this week were Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. Makes a difference. And you saw that last night. Okay, Tom threw for 385, went 39 for 52, great completion percentage, three touchdowns, no interception, although he did get strip-sacked in the second quarter, had a QBR of 74 and a passer rating actually better than Mahomes. Not sure how, but he did at 114. But Kansas City, it was almost a mix of old school and new school football. Mahomes is slinging it around. We saw that play at the goal line, the little flip toss to Edwards Alaire. It was just, I mean, it's the classic Patrick Mahomes, you know, video game type play. But they also ran it down Tampa Bay's throat. It was like a mix of the two. And they possessed the ball for 39 minutes to Tampa Bay's 21. That's tough to overcome if you're the Buccaneers. But here's the thing, though, for Tampa. And it's the least popular most overused, most cliche term that coaches use. Okay, and it drives me crazy. It drives you crazy. But there's a little bit of truth to it. The truly great teams in this league play complementary football. Through the first three games, Tampa's defense was off the charts great. I said on this show, I, th I thought they were better than the 2020 Bucks defense that helped them win the Super Bowl. I feel like this defense was better than that defense. They were number one in scoring defense, number one in takeaways. But the offense scored 19 against Dallas. And the offense, because they had a pick six in that game against the Saints, the offense scored 13 against the Saints and then 12 against the Packers. Now, all three of those defenses are great. Dallas got a great defense, so do the Saints, so do the Packers. But coming in this game, okay, you dropped 31. Mike Evans looked unstoppable. Brady was accurate. Showed a lot of velocity. You know, lot, good arm strength on the part of a 45-year-old quarterback. But then their defense lets him down. Now, some of that's just outstanding play calling by Kansas City. Some of that is just Andy Reid outflanking uh, 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 Todd Bowles and Tampa Bay's entire personnel defensively. But that was an impressive statement win by the Chiefs last night. That was their, we're not going anywhere. We're 3-1. and one. We're first in the division. This is who we are, what we're about. Okay, and when you look at that rest of the AFC West, Raiders are 1-3, and three, Chargers are 2-2, two and two, but beat up as any, more beat up than any team in the NFL. And Denver, I'll get to Denver a little later in the show, have a clueless guy, a clueless guy at head coach. I'll kind of save my thoughts on that for later. But Kansas City, they look like the clear front runners, shocker, shocker, to win the AFC West. Then again, they've won that, that division every single year since 2016. But 
That was an impressive statement win by the Chiefs. Uh, l- listen, that that's that's kind of an issue with Tampa, though. And it's cliche, but they have yet to put together a complete game. Where their offense looks great, not even great, really good. And their defense has looked really good. They've yet to put that together. Their defense carried them the first three. Their offense carried them last night. Came out with the L. And the Bucs are now 2-2. Two and two. You look at Tampa Bay's schedule moving forward. Again, Tampa's got a one of the tougher schedules in the NFL. Okay, so you got next week against Atlanta. Get the ship right. No pun intended, Tampa Bay. Get the ship right. Then you go to Pittsburgh, who's now 1-3 and three after a loss to the Jets. At Carolina, but here's where it gets tough. You got a home game against the Ravens on a short week, Thursday night football. You got a home game against the defending champions who beat you in the playoffs at home, the Rams. Home, I'm sorry, at, in, in Germany against Seattle. All of a sudden, Seattle actually looks pretty good. Okay, at Cleveland and that defensive front. Saints, we know they got problems with the Saints on a Monday night game. At San Francisco with that defensive line. Home against Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. And then you got at Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Home against the Panthers at Atlanta. So they've got like a middle stretch in their schedule that is brutal. Okay, so they need to take advantage, certainly next week against the Falcons, who got a big win over the Browns, but they got to take care of some of these games. But good win for Kansas City, statement win. Bucks offense looks outstanding. I mean, it's hard to possess the ball for 21 minutes and still score 31. But it felt like the tone was kind of set by that uh, muffed kick return, right? The fumble and the kick return to start the game basically gave Kansas City an extra, extra possession. They took advantage and they never looked back from there. Tampa Bay never held the lead at any point last night. Now, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was talking on Friday's show when I was making predictions for games. And late in my predictions, I got to Patriots Packers. And the Packers were nine and a half point favorites to win this game. I said, I feel like I should take the Patriots plus nine and a half, but the Packers to win outright. But, come on. New England's offense has been a turnover machine with Mac Jones. Well, Brian Hoyer is the typical backup quarterback. He's a poor man's Mac Jones. You know what I think about Mac Jones, so Brian Hoyer ain't that great. The receiving unit is probably the worst in the NFL. Their offensive line has had a lot of injuries. Defensively, they're up and down. Then they got to go to Lambeau Field. Come on, the Packers should win this game by two touchdowns. That's exactly what I predicted. I said 30-16, to 16, the Packers should win by a couple touchdowns. And it actually got better for the Packers. Okay, so Brian Hoyer led a drive to start the game. Patriots got a Nick Folk field goal out of it. And the next play, take note, Miami Dolphins. Brian Hoyer gets concussed and is actually, again, believe it or not, he's actually removed from the game after getting concussed. Again, take note, division rival Miami Dolphins. Anyways, Brian Hoyer's gone for the game. And in comes third-string quarterback Bailey Zappi. Now, with all due respect to Bailey Zappi, who last year did throw for 5,900 yards and 62 touchdowns in college, actually broke Joe Burrow's records in both for a single season. So Bailey, Bailey Zappi could ball in college. He was a fourth-round pick this year. But there's a reason he was the third-string quarterback behind a limited guy in Mac Jones and behind a career backup in Brian Hoyer. And to his credit, kid looked fine yesterday. But if you told me coming into this game, all right, the Patriots are going to be, for the majority of this game, without their two best quarterbacks. The receiving unit, as Patriots fans can attest, as I think anybody who watches football can attest, is not very good. A defense who's, eh. Yeah, that game came down to a field goal. 
in overtime. Aaron Rodgers at home at Lambeau against Bailey Zappi. They needed a classic Mason Crosby field goal to win that game. Okay. And let's not act like Aaron Rodgers was great. He threw for over 200 yards in the second half. Give him credit where credit's due. But he had the pick six in the first half, which was an awful throw. I'm not sure. He's he's thrown it to, it's a little outright to, to uh, Lazard. He throws it on his on his uh, inside shoulder. Guy steps in, takes it to the house. I'm, I'm not sure what Aaron was looking at on that play. I really don't. There. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The window that he, he would have had to fit it in. We know Aaron's capable of these throws, but the window he would have had to fit that football in to get to Alan Lazard is the size of a toothpick. I mean, it, it, w- it wouldn't have been much. But the fact that this was back and forth, the fact that the pa- the Packers actually trailed by seven points late in the fourth quarter tells me everything I need to know about this team. Folks, they are the New York Giants with a significantly better quarterback. They're a fraud. They're a three-in-one fraud. Does anybody think the Giants are a Really good football team. No. There's a chance in the week NFC. Who knows? Maybe the New York Giants can get in the playoffs. Who knows? They got an easy schedule. They got a chance. And I like Brian Dable. They got Saquon and they got all those playmakers defensively. They could get in the playoffs. Nobody looks at them as a contender. Come on. The Packers are the same thing, except they have, obviously, a significantly better quarterback. Aaron Rodgers as opposed to Daniel Jones. And speaking of one Aaron Rodgers... He knows. Okay. He was talking after the game, and I typically diss Aaron Rodgers after press conferences, because especially after losses, because he tends to take shots at coaches, teammates, you know, throws accountability everywhere except, you know, the guy in the mirror. But he said something after the game that I'm like, oh, he knows. He knows this, this team's in trouble. He said, quote, This way of winning, I don't think, is sustainable because it puts too much pressure on our defense. And obviously, I've got to play better and will play better. You can't be two and two two, losing to a third-string quarterback and not playing great in all three phases. So we had to have this one. This doesn't take anything away from the joy of winning, but this is one we had to have. Okay. So, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers had the lowest pass rating any half he has played in, I think, 200 games that he's played. He had like a pass rating in the first half of 11. He was awful in that first half. I have no doubt Aaron's going to bounce back. He is a four-time MVP after all. He's going to be a first-bout Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. But this is exactly what I said the Packers were going to be. They were going to win some of their games early. Okay, They were supposed to beat New England. They were supposed to beat Chicago. If Tampa Bay's healthy, you're telling me the way you saw Mike Evans last night, you're telling me the Packers can cover him? Came down to a two-point conversion. No Mike Evans. And, by the way, getting reinforcements in the offensive line. You're telling me Tampa healthy would have lost to Green Bay. No, they would not. Two-point conversion came down to it. 
despite Brady not having most of his offensive line and all of his good receivers. This is a three-and-one fraud, folks. And next week, the beauty of it is, in London, we get a second straight game in London, second straight uh, Sunday of, of Sunday morning football. You get the two frauds, the three-and-one Giants, the three-and-one Packers, facing off against one another. Okay? I'm going to probably take the Packers to win that game because I think they're just better than the Giants. I think, obviously, the the gap between Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones is like two Grand Canyons. But this is not... A, do, do people actually think this team can do jack squat in the playoffs? Because we've seen them play one great team this season. Tampa was not great because they didn't have any of their pieces. We've seen them play one great team this season. That was the Minnesota Vikings. Had that look. They basically flew to Minnesota to score a touchdown, and that's all she wrote. They lost by 16 points. When you look at the Packers' schedule, moving forward from here, they should beat the Giants, although they struggled to beat a third-string quarterback at Lambeau. But that's neither here nor there. Packers' schedule moving forward. They got the Giants next week. They should win that football game in, in London. Then they got the Jets at home. I'm definitely going to take Green Bay to win that one. At least they should. At Washington. They have a chance to take care of business. So I have them going two and three in their next three games. Okay, so that would put them at five and two. But here's where it gets tough. At the Buffalo Bills, they are not beating Buffalo. Okay, I, I, I may have to make a bet with somebody who's a Packers fan about them beating the Buffalo Bills. I would do something crazy on this show if they beat the Buffalo Bills. They are not beating Buffalo on the road in freezing cold Sunday night football. On the road against the Detroit Lions. I have been saying this since before the season started. The Packers are going to lose that football game in the Motor City. If as long as Detroit's healthy. Heck, Detroit did not have their number one receiver yesterday. They scored 45 points. They lost because they gave up 48. The defense isn't very good. But their offense, it's top five in the NFL. You're telling me that the Packers with these pieces can go toe-to-toe with what the Lions have on offense. They're losing that game in Detroit. They got a home game against Dallas. Folks, if Bailey Zappi gave Aaron Rodgers trouble, what the heck is Dak Prescott going to do? They're not beating the Cowboys. Okay, home against the Titans on a short week on Thursday night. Probably take them to win that game. Although, then again, then again, the Packers are bad, bad at stopping the run. Naj- uh, not Najee Harris. Uh, Damian Harris had a really good game for New England yesterday. The Packers, I've been beating this drum since last year. Despite having one of the best interior uh, pass rushers and run stoppers in the NFL in, in Clark, they, they can't stop them. They cannot stop the run. So Derrick Henry coming into town, you saw what Derrick Henry looked like yesterday. That's going to be a problem. Okay, at Philadelphia, they, they dang sure ain't beating the Eagles. With that defensive front, that secondary, that offense, they're not beating Philly. The road against the Bears, they'll beat Chicago. Home game against the Rams. Now, maybe they got a chance because, you know, the Rams, warm weather team coming into Lambeau on Monday Night Football on December 19th. It's going to be, you know, frigid temperatures. Maybe the weather will give them an advantage there, but I'm favoring the Rams to win that game. At Miami, we'll see what the quarterback situation is with the Dolphins. They can't cover Tyreek Hill. They could barely cover Nelson Aguilar yesterday. You're telling me they can cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Please. That other kid, number 14 for the Dolphins, is a nice player, too. Home against the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins has a winning record against Aaron Rodgers in his career. 
and then home against the Lions. So Packers fans, go ahead and get your celebrating out of the way because this is going to be a long stretch to end the season. You've got three games that you will be favored in all three. You will be, you're already favored by eight to beat the Giants next week in London. You're favored to, you will be favored to beat the Jets. You will be favored to beat the Commanders. After that, it is tough sledding. It is an uphill climb for a painfully limited football team. This team ain't going anywhere. I still stick strongly to my prediction this season that there are a 9-8 football team who will miss the playoffs. You see the playmakers, Minnesota. Problem with Minnesota is Kirk Cousins. That's who I don't trust. But Kevin O'Connell called a great game yesterday against the Saints. Justin Jefferson doing what Justin Jefferson always does. He was phenomenal. Dalvin Cook had a good game. Defensively, they had their moments. Green Bay is not better than Minnesota. Offensively, they're darn sure not better than Detroit. So, th- this is not a... Th- there are... There's no such thing as a bad win because you're in the win column. Any win is a good win. But there are such things as embarrassing wins. If you would have told Matt LaFleur, or as a buddy of mine, Barry Grant Jr. likes to call him Matt LaChoke, because God knows I don't trust him in close games. But if you told Matt LaFleur, and you told Aaron Rodgers for the game, hey, watch this. Mac Jones is going to be out. Brian Hoyer is going to get concussed in the first quarter. You're going to get to play a third-string rookie fourth-round quarterback at home. They, they, they're like, okay, did we, did we win by 30? No, no, you actually took it. If, it, if Mason Crosby doesn't hit that chip shot field goal, it ends up being a tie. And you very easily could have lost in overtime. So, Packers fans, uh, don't get too excited. This is an average, average football team who just so happens to be 3-1 and one because they've got some really fortunate breaks. They played the Chicago Bears. We know Aaron Rodgers. He told y'all last year he still owns the Chicago Bears. Go, He needs to go and buy a stake in the franchise. He owns the Bears. Has since he came into the NFL. Became a starter. They played a severely beat-up Tampa Bay team in Week 3. And yesterday, barely survived a below-average New England team with a third-string rookie quarterback at home with Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Wouldn't get too excited, Packer fans. But, of course, then again, Packers fans aren't rough or as rough on me as Dolphins fans because of my criticisms of Tua's play. Again, God knows, I feel just sick for the kid. And I, I detailed my frustrations with the Dolphins on uh, uh, Friday's show. Talked about what a travesty it was that that man even suited up. But it's the Dolphins. They do shady business in Miami, so why are we shocked? But I did see the report uh, on Saturday that the NFLPA rightfully fired the independent neurologist who cleared to it a play for Thursday. So good for the Players Association, and apparently the NFL is going to conduct an investigation. I think either they said it will take one to two weeks or it will be it will begin in one to two weeks. And I think one to two weeks after Sunday's game, last Sunday's game against the Bills. So this can be something you're going to be looking at and really keep your eye on, see what the punishment is going to be for the Dolphins. Because I promise you, especially the fact that Goodell was in in attendance for that nightmare scenario that ended up coming to fruition on Thursday night in Cincinnati, Goodell will drop the hammer as hard as he could. The rules will allow him to, as long as as the laws of the NFL will allow him to. Uh, this is why he gets paid $40-plus million a year to make decisions like this. 
I'm telling you, though, the, the Dolphins are in big trouble. Again, with the NFL. You got Flores. You got Brady. And now you got this. It's, it's, it's just, man. Yeah, it just, I, I can't, I hated that Amazon kept showing the replay of that. I, I hate what, I hate that these networks are showing the play over and over. Okay, like, it was gruesome. Like, if someone breaks their leg and it's, like, really, really nasty looking, like, they're not going to show it over and over again on these networks. Like, please stop showing the injury and stop showing Tua's fingers. I'm begging the networks, ESPN, Fox, NBC, stop showing the play. Like, it is hard to watch. And, and God knows Tua and his family don't want to see it. Uh, but, and again, I wish I could respond to your comments. The show is not live today. I'm recording uh, early this morning. It's about 8.30 my time. But again, later in the show, I'll predict Rams 49ers. I think that's going to be a very entertaining, sort of old school type Monday night football game, which I'll get to at the end of the show. But really the game of the day, again, Chiefs-Bucks was kind of a nightcap. It's 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 the, the stars. You got Mahomes, Brady, Goat versus Goat Jr., right? You kind of had that dynamic, and they played some classic games in the past. But the game of the day, to the, the game you, you had to get to a TV and watch, was Buffalo-Baltimore. Okay, you have probably the two hottest quarterbacks in the, in the league, the two front runners for MVP in Josh Allen for the Bills and Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. And now you guys know I've been a huge fan of both. Uh, I've defended both like crazy, especially Lamar because he gets uh, over-criticized. But it was pretty nasty conditions. It was nonstop rain all day. If you pan to the... Uh, MNT Bank Stadium in Baltimore is nothing but fans wearing ponchos. Like it was, it was just nasty weather. But f- to be so nasty weather wise, the quarterback's play was nasty. They look good. Okay, I know Josh Allen's completion percentage is not going to blow you away, but he still threw for, again, in a driving rainstorm, 200 yards, threw for, threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and a QBR 0 to 100 of 71. Lamar Jackson. And an amazing completion percentage, a touchdown, two very costly interceptions, one of which I'll get to. And he had a, only a QBR of 47, pass rating of 63. He ran for 73 yards. Now, here's what I took away from that game. First of all, Josh Allen's spectacular. Anybody at this point, and I'm seeing people in the national media, Nick Wright, who still seem to doubt Josh Allen and seem to question his incredible abilities as a quarterback in the, in the NFL, just shut up. Stop. When you're talking about pure quarterback talent matched with intangibles, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's him and Patrick Mahomes. It's their league right now. It's them and everybody else. They are, if you want to say 1A, 1B, if you want to say Mahomes over Allen, Allen over Mahomes, not going to fight you on both. Those are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't even think it's close. Brady's still great. Rodgers still great. You know, Burrow, all these guys, they don't hold a candle to, to, to Allen and Mahomes. They don't. We're talking about on the road, down 20 to 3. Okay, you, you, you struggle a little bit at times in, in, in your run game. Buffalo has, has really struggled to develop a consistent running game. Really, since Josh Allen got there, they re- really rely on Allen more than their running backs. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To develop a good running game, but arm strength, accuracy, legs. I, th- I thought it was a BS roughing the passer call in that final drive. Hated that call. Most people did. But with that said, the clutch gene, the again, the accuracy, being able to, again, when, you, when you're a quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, you are used to playing in pretty crappy weather. So when you're playing in these Buffaloes, these Chicago's, the Green Bay's, you Foxborough, you know, in New England, you better have a cannon of an arm. You be able, you better be able to, to grip that football and put it in tight windows in not so good conditions. And Josh Allen did just that in Baltimore, which also gets very cold, obviously, in the in the winter months. But he's used to this. This isn't anything new for him. This isn't, you know, Kyler Murray or uh, Matt Stafford, who's played in a dome his whole career, coming into Baltimore. It's a whole different dynamic. So what Josh Allen did yesterday blew me away again. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't say enough about this kid. But as for the Baltimore Ravens, which I really, really want to get at, um, the Ravens, I just saw this stat before I went in the show today. I think it's a very interesting one. I think it was put out by, yeah, CBS put this out. The Ravens in their history, before this year, before 2022, Ravens in their history, when leading by 17 or more points, their record, 103. 100 wins, three losses in their first 26 seasons as a franchise. This year, one and two. For whatever reason, and you know I love John Harbaugh as a coach, their execution down the stretch of games has been absolutely atrocious on both sides of the ball. The defense, ever since the new coordinator came in, I know there's been injuries, but good Lord, it's been awful. The Ravens should be sitting here at 4-0, sitting along with the Philadelphia Eagles as the only undefeated teams in the NFL. That defense is atrocious. Despite the guys they've added over the last few years, like Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters, who, man, Marcus Peters, dude, like, I don't know what that was yesterday. That was, that was pathetic. And offensively. The last drive, it happened, it, you know, just so happened to be the last drive of the game for the Ravens. They put together a remarkable drive, okay? In 14 plays, they go 93 yards, eat nine minutes off the clock. They have a fourth and goal from the three-yard line. They decide to go for it. Lamar trying to make something happen. He flings one up. It gets intercepted by Jordan Poyer, who, by the way, came back from injury, which is huge for the Bills. But Jordan Poyer intercepted the ball in the end zone. It was not a good throw by Lamar. He was visibly frustrated after the game. Buffalo took the ball, ate up the rest of the clock. Tyler Bass walked it off with the field goal at the gun. But here's my issue with the Ravens going for it in that situation. And John Harbaugh said after the game, you know, we thought would, would have given us the best chance to win if we had scored. The worst thing that would have happened is the Bills would have tied it. Yada, yada, yada. Here's my thinking on it. I'm not second-guessing this. The Ravens had a second and goal from the one. Okay, they got a second and goal at the one-yard line, and they run the ball with J.K. Dobbins. He loses three yards. He got a third and goal from the four. Lamar scrambles to the, to the two-yard line. So you got two plays, basically. You had two opportunities, possibly, from the one, and he ended up going backwards. So at that point, I don't trust my offense. You've gotten, you've gotten me 93 yards down the field. You've done your job. Now I'm going to give, you know, 
not to necessarily give the ball to because he's a kicker, but essentially, quote-unquote, give the ball to Justin Tucker, let him kick the field goal, put you up by three. Let's see if the defense can get a stop. Don't think they will, but even if they don't, Lamar Jackson's got the ball with what? Minute left? Minute and a half left? I mean, Buffalo's play calling changes because, you know, if, if you're down three, you know, you're not playing just for a tie. You're not playing just for overtime. Because we saw Buffalo, once they got in field goal range, then they relied heavily on the run game, and that was that. They ate up the clock, and, and that was it. Who knows? Maybe Josh Allen makes a mistake. Probably doesn't, but you never know. Play calling changes. Strategies change. And even if the Bills score, unless they score a walk-off touchdown, Lamar gets the ball with enough time to go down and win it. Or what if Buffalo kicks a field goal? Then Lamar gets the ball back with a chance to win it with the field goal. Like the strategies change. Again, I say, what do you have to lose? What do you have to gain? What do you have to lose by calls? Like that's why I always ask questions of coaches when it's a fourth down and they go for it. Depending on what situation it is in the game, where they're on the field, the distance of the fourth down, what do you have to gain by getting this fourth down? What do you have to lose? I think the Ravens had more to lose than to gain on this play. So I, I was not a fan of the call by John Harbaugh. I love John Harbaugh. He's a great, I still think he's a great coach. Doesn't change my viewing of him at all. I still think Lamar is a remarkable talent at the quarterback position. But they have got to execute on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively. They have got to be better down the stretch of games. And again, both these losses were at home. You've got to take care of your home field. That is the one of the unofficial rules of the NFL. Got to take care of home field. Ravens couldn't last night or yesterday. But all in all, gutsy win by the Bills. By the way, the Bills, not only is this big just because they pulled it out at the end, this is their first win by one possession in two years. We know about the Bills. It's kind of the stigma, after, especially after they lost last week to Miami. And all last year, I think they went 0-7 in games decided by one score. You've got to win the close ones, especially when you have a quarterback as great as Josh Allen is and as an, and an offense as great as the Bills' offense is. you got to win the close ones. Finally, first time in two years, they did. But, that, again, that's I think morale-wise, not just getting the win. The win is ultimately what matters. But it, just morale-wise, Buffalo feels really, really good flying home. So week five is going to be interesting. Uh, who do the Bills have next week? The Bills have the Steelers at home. They're two touchdown favorites. They are minus 14. Wow. And then the Ravens, huge game, big Sunday night game next week. They got a home date against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. That is going to be a fun, fun matchup. Two, two and two teams. Ravens are favored by three, minus three and a half. So definitely going to be a fun one to watch next Sunday night. But moving on, before I get to the Cowboys game, let me move on through the other games. Uh, Vikings beat the Saints. You had a typical, you know, London back and forth. It was actually, I don't know if this has ever happened in NFL history but it's the second time that Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton faced off against one another in London. Because back in 2016, Kirk Cousins with, was with Washington. Uh, Andy Dalton was with the Cincinnati Bengals. The game ended up ending in a tie, which, you know, is my least favorite thing ever. But it's the second time they played in London. Of course, now Kirk with the Vikings. Andy Dalton in place for the injured Jameis Winston starting for the Saints. Uh, Tyron Matthew had an unbelievable play in the second quarter on, or might have been the first quarter. It was in the first half against Kirk Cousins on that interception, but it goes back and forth, up and down. Will Lutz hits a 60-yarder to tie it for the Saints. Vikings come back with a field goal of their own, and then last play of the game, Will Lutz tries a 61-yarder, 
and that baby double doinks. Hits off the left upright, hits the crossbar, and falls short. Just barely short. It was a crazy game in London. Vikings win. They go to 3-1. and one. Minnesota, and by the way, Saints fall down to 1-3. and three. Minnesota now plays Chicago next week. They should take care of business there and go to 4-1. and one. Uh, The Falcons upset the Browns. Uh, I had that one as a close game. I forgot. What was the line for that one? Was it minus 4.5? It might have been. I can't remember. I think I remember taking the Falcons plus taking the Falcons, Falcons of the points. They ended up winning outright 23 to 20. Uh, Jacoby Brissett threw a terrible, terrible interception there at the end. Uh, Marcus Mariota did not play well, only completed seven passes. But my man, University of Tennessee represent Cordero Patterson. I, I just hate that he's doing this on a team that has absolutely no chance of contention. I feel like if 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 you gave Cordero Patterson, he's he's a lot like Debo Samuel. For those of you that don't watch the Falcons much. Okay, he can be he can be used as a receiver, but he's used primarily as a running back. Man, if you gave him to Kyle Shanahan or to Sean McVay, the two coaches tonight, man, I'd love to see what that guy could do. Okay, in those offenses, because and I think Arthur Smith is a good offensive coach. I do, but you put him with two geniuses like the ones we're going to see tonight, man, do it do to flourish. Uh, Seahawks in without question the highest scoring game of the day outlasted the Lions forty eight to forty five. Geno Smith, man. Looking good. <laughs> 320 yards, three touchdowns, QBR 0 to 100 of 91, pass rating of 132. Uh, Jared Goff went too shabby himself, right? 378 through the air, four touchdowns, did throw an interception, had a QBR of 75, a pass rating of 121. The two quarterbacks yesterday were great in the Motor City. Again, St. Brown, Amonra St. Brown for the, for the Lions is out, but it didn't matter. That's the thing for the Lions, man. And I said this about the Lions coming into the year. They're going to be a six-win team. All of their losses, most of their losses will be close. Da-da-da-da. First three games, lost the Eagles by three, lost the Vikings by four, lost to the Seahawks by three. And they, they took care of business in week two against Washington. But that's, that's kind of the story of the Lions. I don't think Dan Campbell, I like Dan Campbell just like everybody else does. I know biting kneecaps and all that. I love Dan Campbell. I'd love to play for him. I just don't think he's the right guy for the future. Execution-wise, down the stretch of games, you know, again, defensively, the Lions are atrocious. It just, it doesn't seem like it fits. Offensively, they are spectacular. Okay, Jared Goff is starting to look like the 2018 version of himself. Okay, he looks great. And I, I've never been a, the biggest Jared Goff fan, but he's looked tremendous. But a big win for the Seahawks. They're now two and two. Lions drop to one and three. Titans beat the Colts 24 to 17. I am this close to selling my Colts stock. The only thing holding me back is in the last decade, they almost never start well in the season. In a few of those years, they ended up making the playoffs. A few of those years, they actually won a playoff game. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not on the brink of saying fire Frank right yet. I'm on the brink. And now Jonathan Taylor, who hasn't been playing that well to begin with, but Jonathan Taylor's out. It seems like the Colts receiving core outside of Michael Pittman is really limited. Matt Ryan has been a roller coaster. Uh, this, this is not the Colts team that I thought would win the division, but the Titans won. Derrick Henry had a big game. Uh, how many yards he have? Uh, 114 yards. Again, five yards of carry. He had that long touchdown in the first half. Uh, Tannehill was, was, had a typical Ryan Tannehill day. Kind of managed the game. Buck 37, two touchdowns. But a good win for the Titans to go from 0-2 to get to 500 now. So we'll see where the Titans go from here. But a big win for them over the Colts. Uh, they are now tied for the Jaguars for first in the AFC South. Giants in the battle of the overrated 2-1s. 
outlasted the Chicago Bears 20-12. to Really, all I can tell you is the most interesting part of this game was the fact that the Bears tried a, a hook and ladder play at the end that actually took 45 seconds of real time. The play literally lasted 45 seconds. It was it was exciting. They didn't go backwards. You know, they gained a little ground, but that was about the excite, most exciting part about this game. But the New York Giants are 3-1. and one. Again, the battle of the 3-1 of one frauds next week in London. I hate that it's not in America, but it's going to be in London. Packers, Giants, the battle of the 3-1 and one frauds. All right, Jaguars-Eagles. That was the game I said would be kind of my lock of the week as far as taking the Jaguars and the points. I took the Eagles to win out right by a point, but I felt like the Jags had the advantage at head coach and quarterback. That would keep them in the game until the final buzzer. Uh, it did not. Jalen Hurts was outstanding. They go down 14-0. He threw that interception. He threw that pick six early in the game. They come back, though. Rally around Hurts. This Eagles team is, I mean, Jalen Hurts said himself to, to the locker room after the game, we're good. Like, we're we're really good. And they are. They're the only undefeated team left in the NFL. They have surpassed my expectations. Philadelphia, big win at home over Jacksonville and their former coach, Doug Peterson, who, by the way, I will have to give a shout-out to the Philadelphia fans. I guess I can't. I always say I don't shout-out people for doing the bare minimum, but I guess I will in this case because it's Philadelphia and they have a pretty low standard. But I will have to give them fans props for uh, for giving Doug Peterson a standing, a standing ovation at Lincoln Financial Field. Because we know, only coach now ever, hopefully the only coach in history, to win a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. So props to Eagles fans for giving Doug Peterson his his, his due share and giving him a standing ovation. Jets outlasted the Steelers. We saw Kenny Pickett. Now he threw three interceptions. Two of them were not his fault. But threw three interceptions. Zach Wilson, who is one of the worst decision makers at the quarterback position that I've seen in some time. But he led the game when he drive there at the end. Scored that touchdown with 16 seconds left. Jets outlasted the Steelers. Mike Tomlin is now in some dangerous jeopardy of possibly having his first losing season uh, of, his, of his career. He took over in 2007, I think. He's The worst record he's had is 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm looking at the Steelers' schedule. I don't see eight wins. I mean, just, just the next five games. Look at the next five games for the Steelers. At Buffalo... Home against Tampa, at Miami, at Philadelphia, home against the Saints. I'm sorry, but they're next six. And then they got home against their division rival, Bengals. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Man, if, if they could come out with two of those, i call that a win. I mean, that is... It's games like that, you got to win. The Jets do have talent, especially on the opposite side of the ball. Love the receivers they have. And again, Sauce Gardner, I think, is going to be a multi-time pro bowler. But you got to win those games at home. I feel like they, they gave that away in some aspects. But a good win by the Jets. Robert Sala. Zach Wilson, his first game back. Uh, you know, keep, keep your moms away from Zach Wilson, okay? Please, please do that. Uh, again, talked about the Bills-Ravens. Chargers beat the Texans 34-24. Got out to a big lead. Looks like they were going to do the classic L.A. Chargers loss and blow a big lead. As my man Ryan Flowers said. By the way, shout out Ryan Flowers. Great show yesterday. But... Chargers do Chargers things, and they almost did Chargers things yesterday. Beat up on the road in Houston, but Justin Herbert did what he could, right? 
threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, QBR of 90, pass rating of 113. Didn't look like he had a hurt rib, but again, it is the Houston Texans who may be the worst team in the NFL. So, but then he has my upset of the week, so I got to eat this one. Cardinals outlast the Panthers. Probably the worst game of the day. Impossible to watch. Uh, up until the Cardinals got going offensively, up until Kyler got going, it was awful. <laughs> okay. Baker Mayfield, I mean, and Baker Mayfield, typical, you know, snarky, condescending after the game in the post and post game presser. They were talking about uh, the reporter asked him, you know, they were booing you in the fourth quarter. You know, did that bother you? He's, and, you know, how Baker is, did we score a touchdown that drive? I'm like, yeah, but you didn't get the two point conversion. So you were still down. He said, we got a touchdown that drive. It's like, oh, gosh, this, this whole Carolina experience is going about, uh, about how I thought it would be going. They're one and three. Bakers looked awful. Uh, Kyler didn't play well himself, himself right through the pick six of the first half. It's just, eh, it's, I, I try to watch this game as, as minimally as I possibly could. Okay, and then lastly, uh, Broncos Raiders. And I'll get to Cowboys Commanders just a second because I wanted to do a whole segment on that. If something doesn't change in the next two weeks, Nathaniel Hackett needs to lose his job. I don't care he's in year one. I don't care that he's a young coach. This was a Broncos roster. We saw the talent coming in. Really good receiving unit. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, running game. Javante Williams, who now was unfortunately hurt and was seen walking on crutches after the game. And defensively, all kinds of playmakers. Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, Court, I'm not Cortland Sutton, uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Simmons. Okay, Patrick Sertan. Got him everywhere. They're not two and two. Russell Wilson, I thought, was excellent yesterday. I thought it was his best game as a Bronco. Threw for 237, two touchdowns, passer rating well over 100. And they lost to the 0 3 Raiders. Nathaniel Hackett needs to lose his job in the next two because something doesn't happen. They look unprepared. His game management makes Mike McCarthy look like Bill Walsh and Vince Lombardi. It's 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 like the game management has gotten worse on the part of guys like Matt LaFleur. Again, I mentioned McCarthy. Guys like uh, 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 Nathaniel Hackett. Let this be a lesson for all time. Don't let Hall of Fame quarterbacks give you suggestions on who to hire as head coach. Peyton Manning, third greatest quarterback ever in my view, suggested Adam Gase. How'd that work out? Aaron Rodgers suggested Nathaniel Hackett. How's that worked out? Trust your own judgment as opposed to as great as they are, as high of a football IQ as Manning and Rodgers have. Trust your own IQ, your own football IQ, especially for a guy like John Elway, who you know himself is a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the top five ever in my view. And something else too, before I move on to Dallas and Washington. You know what coach is going to be available next hiring cycle? Sean Payton. You want to keep riding with Nathaniel Hackett? As opposed to possibly getting Sean Payton. Sean Payton's going to have his pick. Whoever, Whoever's hiring for head coach, or they're going to be calling Sean Payton his agent. Can, can we interview you? And a lot of these teams have good to great quarterbacks. Denver's got a great one. You, you Fire Nathaniel Hackett now, or the next two weeks if something doesn't change. Bring in the interim. Whether it's defensive coordinator, office coordinator, I don't care. See what you get out of this season. Go after Sean Payton this hiring cycle. This is not working. You can tell when a team is well-coached, and you can tell when a team is poorly coached. About a month in, this team's poorly coached. 
mean, he keeps giving Melvin Gordon the ball despite the fact he continues to fumble over and over and over and over. I don't get it. And now Javante Williams, the guy who doesn't fumble, is hurt. What are you doing? It's like it, it, that that game just like kind of pissed me off watching. I'm not gonna lie. As a guy who picked the Denver Broncos to win this year's Super Bowl, which is not looking very good today, that was brutal to watch. Raiders ran it down their throat. Now it's Derek Carr, and we we know I love Derek Carr. Denver's got to win that game. But then again, their head coach is clueless. Dallas, Washington. Cowboys beat the Commanders like I thought they would. They won 25 to 10. Let me go ahead and say this. Get this out the way. Trayvon Dix. The jump he has made from year two to year three is unbelievable. People were blown away last year at the 11 interceptions. He was great. But as I kept pointing out on this show, why do quarterbacks keep throwing at him if he has 11 interceptions? Because he's the gambler, or was the gambler. Hopefully that's passed. Knock on wood. Hopefully that's passed for him. Gave up the most yards by far in the NFL last year. This year, locked down Terry McLaurin, who we know is one of the more underrated receivers in the league. Shut him down. Terry McLaurin, one catch for six yards, and he was covered by Trayvon Diggs for 21 plays. In 21 plays, two targets, one catch, six yards. Trayvon Diggs put the cuffs on McLaurin. Micah Parsons, we know what he can do. I thought the defensive line for Dallas really controlled the line of scrimmage, albeit Washington has a pretty sorry offensive line. Carson Wentz has now been sacked more times uh, than any quarterback in the league, now surpassing Joe Burrow. But again, I got to admit to you yesterday, that to me, and I'm not going to be too brutal on him because he's a backup quarterback, I didn't think Cooper Rush played that well yesterday. I didn't. He missed some Easy, easy reach to Noah Brown, to CeeDee Lamb occasionally. I know he hit Lamb on the over-the-top touchdown in the fourth quarter, to start the fourth quarter. But there were some simple, simple throws. He he got bailed out by two penalties that had nothing to do with, with the outcome of the play. He got picked off twice on two awful throws. The first one, way under through uh, CeeDee, I think it was CeeDee Lamb. It was either Lamb or Noah Brown. Way under through him, got intercepted, but it got called back because of the Washington penalty. Also, threw a, a pick. Yeah, threw a pick. I think it was in the direction of Michael Gallup, who, by the way, looked good yesterday. Welcome back, Michael Gallup. Threw into double coverage, got intercepted, but that got called back due to penalty. So, he was fine yesterday, but I thought as a starter, that was his worst game he played. I thought he played great against Minnesota last year. I thought he played pretty good against Cincinnati in week two. In week three, thought he made some really big plays, especially in the fourth quarter, which you need guys to do against the Giants. I didn't think he played that great yesterday. The Cowboys running game was, eh, it's fine. But I would not be celebrating this, this win as much as a lot of Cowboys fans are. First of all, they should win this game. They are better than Washington, so they should win this game at home. But th that, that wasn't all that impressive by the quarterback. CeeDee Lamb, I will have to say, made some plays in that second quarter that I, I, I liked. Uh, Cooper rushed through the ball three straight times, got them all the way down the field. He did a good job. But, and Michael Gallup, again, looked great in his return. But it does not look like, from what, I'm, from what I'm reading, that Dak Prescott has any chance to come back next week because he still has yet to throw in practice. They're going to evaluate him two days from now on Wednesday, the first practice of the week before the Rams game. I think they'll make their determination then. If he can't throw the way that we expect Dak to throw the football, they're probably not going to play him against the Rams, which to me, with Dak, because Dak's not going to be 100% if he does play. 
that's why I say Dak set this one out. If if Dak plays, if Dak doesn't play, if it's Cooper Rush, if it's if it's Will Greer, I don't care. They're not beating the Los Angeles Rams on the road. At least not with the performance offensively that we saw yesterday. Like I know a lot of people were blown away. I didn't like the run game at all. And Cooper Rush missed some simple, simple reads. And was again that that below average arm was kind of exposed yesterday. And I think the Rams will take advantage of that next week. But uh and then again, as as for Washington, I mean I, I've always been a critic of Carson Wentz, and he had a really bad throw in the fourth quarter to that uh forgot what his name was, number 26 for Dallas. But I, I can't be brutal on him right now. That that offensive line for the for for, for Washington, it sucks. It, it might be worse than Joe Burrow's offensive line. Maybe. Not gonna go there yet. After Joe Burrow's offensive line finally played a good game on Thursday. But it's it's awful. Like the second, and some of that is Dallas has a great pass rush. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Gallimore, and Odigi Zua. But that was bad. And it has been bad through the first four games. They have got to correct that. Excuse me, moving, moving forward. But again, I never saw Washington really sniffing the playoffs to begin with. All right. Uh, so again, we, we have some, some crazy, cra- where well, we had some crazy, crazy week four games. Uh, and it actually will conclude tonight in, in a game between uh, between the 49ers and the Rams, the defending champs, going on the road to take on the team that they actually beat to get to the Super Bowl, that being, of course, the 49ers. So this is a big game tonight, Monday Night Football. So uh, right at the bat, let's get the background music going. Here we go. Here's, here's what I'm looking at. The Rams for the first three games have not really blown us away yet. Okay, we know they got smoked at home by Buffalo on that opening night, whole country watching. They had a huge lead, 28-3 actually, on the Atlanta Falcons and survived by the skin of their teeth thanks to a, a great play made by Jalen Jalen Ramsey ends Arizona looked on offense, but Cam Akers had other ideas, and it ended up only winning. Uh, Rams ended up winning by eight points over a Cardinals team that I don't think is that good, especially given the injuries and the offseason losses they had. And so they come into this game at Levi Stadium against the 49ers team that, with Jimmy Garoppolo, looked really good against Seattle, but they should be Seattle. They're much better than Seattle. But last week against Denver, scored 10 points. It should have scored at least 24 because Jimmy Garoppolo missed Debo Samuel wide open two plays in the first half that's neither here nor there but here's the thing i look at if i'm if, I, if i'm a betting man again not this is if i were betting obviously because it's monday night football but if i'm looking at this i'm saying okay look the last time these two teams played in san francisco last year the 49ers at one point had a 10 minute drive ran the football down the rams throats Jimmy G is the quarterback in this game last year. Of course, he's a quarterback this year because Trey Lance is done for the year. This feels like the type of game that they're going to rely heavily on the run game. Here's the only issue, though. Trent Williams is out. And Trent Williams, we know what he is pass protecting, but run blocking, dude likes to get out in space, you know, likes to, you know, pancake block some guys. Trent Williams loves getting out in the open field. You're not going to have that tonight. That's a big, big loss for the 49ers offensive line. But as for the Rams... It's pretty much been Cooper Cup or bust. Allen Robinson has not looked good in a Rams uniform. Okay, their other receivers have yet to step up. It is, if if Cooper Cup can't get open, which is rare, but if he can't get open tonight, Matthew Stafford's going to have a long night. So if I'm the 49ers, I am taking advantage of that. 
all my attention is, is focused on number 10 for the Rams. I think that will be the case. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Raheem, uh, not Raheem Morris. Uh, he's the quarterback, or he's the coordinator for the Rams. Uh, crap, who's the defensive coordinator for? Uh, D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, the uh, quarterback, or the, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He's going to have him ready to go. He's going to take advantage of uh, of their lack of receiver depth with aside from Cooper Cup. So I think with all that said, and it's going to be kind of an ugly game. A lot of these primetime games, as of late, have been, aside from last night. I'm going to take the 49ers to get to 500 in this game, drop the Rams to 500, 24 to 19. I do think they cover the minus one and a half point spread. It's not by much, but I think they win this game 24 to 19. They take advantage uh, of some of the Rams' deficiencies offensively. Uh, the Rams have not run the football that great either. I think they'll take advantage of that, especially with their unbelievable defensive line. So give me the 49ers to hopefully help me a little bit because, God, my picks have been bad. <laughs> my picks have been awful. I haven't tallied them up this week yet, but all I can tell you is it's not as good as, as week three. And darn sure, my best week thus far has been week two. It did not It did not get to week two, but... You win some, you lose some. It is what it is. That's the fun of the NFL season. All right, that is that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Thursday, as always, at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter, also on YouTube. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to Carving It Up. And go subscribe to the Grid Network on YouTube. Carving It Up, every show, every clip is on this channel. Yes, so please hit that big red subscribe button but also on the grid. So hit the big red subscribe button over there. All kinds of content creators, myself, Mike Guido, Barry Grant Jr., Alfred Parsar Jr., Ryan Flowers, uh, Patrick Brown. We got all kinds of creators. We got the website going, YouTube, social media. So follow us on our social media platforms uh, as well. So have a great week, everybody. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. Don't get too excited, Packer fans. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.